from the inside Only may you delight In the inside In the inside Only next few weeks I'll be dealing with a series on becoming a strong Christian hallelujah um, it is one of the things that we throw about but what does it actually mean to be a strong Christian what are the dynamics involved what are the modalities what are the th- the th- what is the evidence that somebody is indeed a strong Christian? Ephesians 6.10, by way of introduction, says that, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Tell somebody, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might for the last time be strong in the lord and in the power of his might right and so we have been admonished in ephesians to be strong in the lord many people are strong in many things strong in academics strong in in business strongly connected strong financially all these things are good but it is much better to be strong in the lord hallelujah um what i seek to do this morning is to take you through a few things or the areas that need to be developed if one is supposed to be strong in the lord because of time and because it's a long series i'm just going to touch on each of them sparingly but as the weeks go on i pick every one of them and then we go into detail hallelujah ask your neighbor are you a strong christian Um, being a strong christian is more than just coming to church hallelujah it's more than just coming to church. It's more than being the loudest when it's time to pray. It's more than that. It's, it's even more than being the best giver in church. It's more than that. Tell somebody it's more than that. Number one area that needs to be developed to, to be a strong Christian is what we call a deeper Christian life. Deeper Christian life. Write it down. A deeper Christian life. Psalm 42, verse 7. Psalm 42, verse 7. Psalm 42, verse 7. Can we read it together? Ready, go.
Hallelujah. The Bible says, Deep calleth unto the deep. 1 Corinthians 2.10 1 Corinthians 2.10 1 Corinthians 2.10 But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. There are some things known as the deep things of God. There are deeper dimensions in God. There are deeper realms in God. I always say that being knowledgeable of the story of David and Goliath, for example, is not enough. It's not deep enough. Knowing about Moses and Abraham is good, but it is not deep enough. There are certain depths in God that the strong Christian must come to and must know. The Bible says deep calleth unto the deep. And that is why in areas in scripture you will find that it says that babes are given milk but as you grow and your bones become stronger, you are given hard meat to chew on. And so if for a long time in your Christian life you are still at the place where you are suckling at milk, then you are not growing and you are not developing. Hallelujah. There are certain truths that you become aware of when you dig deeper into God. There are certain realities that become accessible to you when you dig deep into God. Many people are comfortable with being at the peripherals. We are comfortable at just being at the surface. But until you dig deep, your strength will not be developed. Your roots will not be strengthened. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, dig deeper. Tell another, go deeper. Says the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. You read Hebrews 11 and it tells you that all that we see was made out of things unseen. All that we see was made out of things unseen. When a dress is made, you know that it's made from a certain cloth. That is a resource. When yam is cooked, you know that it was the yam was first dug up from somewhere, cut, boiled, and then it was served to you. But everything that we see in relation to creation, scripture says were made out of things unseen, which means the resource for the seen is the unseen. I don't know if you understand. The resource for the seen is unseen. Example, let there be and there was. Where did the light come from? The unseen. Because he was tapping from the resource of the unseen, pulling it from there and establishing it into the scene. These are the deep things of God. Because child of God, when you come to understand some of these realities in God, then you also have access to the resource that's embedded in the realm of the unseen. And you are able to pull from there and tap from that resource and establish it into the realm of the seen. Favor cannot be seen, but favor is known when it is present. What are you talking about? Favor, you can't, how do you know you are favored? Is it written on your forehead? It is unseen. Grace is unseen. There are mysteries in the kingdom of God. And that is what the Bible says. The Spirit searcheth the deep things of God. 
It's such a the deep things of God. In other words, the conduit for accessing things hidden in the realm of the spirit and in the deep of God is, the, is by the spirit of God. You can't do it by Legon or by Tech. Because your professor doesn't know. It is only the spirit of God that can carry you. And so the prophets of old will say, in the day of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord carried me in the spirit. Because the only way to access them one, because they are unseen, your eyes cannot see them. You need to be able to tap them by the Spirit. And the strong Christian digs deep into the deeper realms of God. Am I teaching you something this morning? As the weeks go on, like I told you, I will pick them one at a time and we will deal with the hows. It is not enough to know to dig, dig deep. It is better to know how to dig deep and become a deep Christian. I was having a conversation with my wife when we were coming. She said, I told her, I said, do you know that the, the beige capital man was arrested? And I said, how? I said, yeah, the man who said, why? I said, because some monies and some financial things that went some way, he needs to explain. So the court is the best place to explain. And she said, hey, this world, bah. He said, I took my CV there some years ago. I didn't get it. Then I took it to ASN. I didn't get it. And I took it to this place. I didn't get it. And all of the places I took it to, they have collapsed. And he said, if, I had, if they had taken me and given me a job, which means, number one, I wouldn't have pursued my PhD. Because I will be in the corporate world. And by the time the, comp the companies collapse, I will be in a fix. Because do I go and look for a new job or do I now go and start my academia? What would I be doing by now? And I, said, I told her, I said, that is why for me, there is nothing like negative in my work with God. Everything that even the world sees as negative, for me, I see it from the realm of the spirit and from the dimensions of God that it is working out for my good. I may not understand it today. I may not fully appreciate it today. But from the deep things of God, everything is working out for my good. Hallelujah. Do you know that even a sickness can work out for your good? everything 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 there's nothing like 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 you went wrong in god like you have failed the deep things of god god when you are in god and you are with him and you live by him the bible says for in him we live move and have our being three things in him we live. Two. In him we move. Three. In him we have our being. In other words, we have our essence. In other words, it, it, is, it is him. In him our personality, our whole existence revolves around. Now, if this is true, then how can it be that in him that I am living and moving, I am making mistakes or things are not working out for my good? The deep things of God. Tap someone to say the deep things of God. Say there are deep things in God. And to be a strong Christian, you must search these deep, deep things and you must dig deep. Like I said, don't just be comfortable with the stories of David and Goliath. It's okay, it's good. But there are deeper things than that. What do you think? Yeah, there are deeper things than that. There are deeper mysteries than that. There are deeper things than that. Number two.
be a strong Christian is to be steadfast. To be steadfast. To be steadfast. First Corinthians 15, 58. First Corinthians 15, 58. Pastor Michael, please read it. Glory to Jesus. First Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Mm. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen. Amen. To be steadfast also means to be unmovable. To be firm in your faith and in your belief. We have too many people in our generation who are moved by too many things. Trends. What is the, like, it's like we, are, we are a generation that likes trends. Every two days, a new story will come. It will die. Something else must come. We are always on the move for the next one. And, but our father's generation or uh, yeah, maybe at the later, latter part of our parents' generation, they, they, they came to the fast food era. And then we have taken it to another, another level. I remember as a child, when they were now bringing, you know those days, Vodafone, one chip, people had to, you have all the money you want to buy, they will even sell it to you. In those days, do you, do you realize that when the phone, they, they started connecting internet to our phones, there was edge that we had. Edge. But we're okay. Like, we're fine. When you click that thing, you, you can go and sleep and come before it to open for you. Now, we are in a competition for the fastest, but we can't wait. Everything. Now, America and China are competing for 5G. It's like, everything is moving so quickly that if you are not focused, and you are not well built up, and you are not firmly fixed, and you are not steadfast and unmovable, every new thing that comes up will sway you. Every new trend that comes will move you. Every new uh, belief system will move you. We are in the, in the season of intellectualism. And that is going to be one of the banes of Christianity in the end time. Have you not also realized that that is the reason why the Lord is raising a lot of intellectuals in his church? Suddenly, those days, pastors didn't have to have gone to school at all. They could have just, they have the passion to go to Bible school, they are okay. But now you have doctors who are doing ministry and evangelizing all over the world. You have professors, you have bankers, you have finance people. Because the Lord is raising for himself an army who are not only relevant in the kingdom, but also can speak the language of the corporate world. Hallelujah. It says, be steadfast, unmovable. If you are too, you are easily moved by something, the enemy will keep bringing that thing to keep moving you. It's as simple as that. If I know how to press your buttons, and if I know that if I, by pressing this button, I get to move you, what do you think I'll keep doing? Pressing that same button. Every time I press, you'll respond. Your response is directly linked to the person of that particular, but I'll keep present. There are some wives 
that know exactly what word to use to get their husbands annoyed. And when an argument comes up, whilst the argument is going on, they go straight for that word, pam, because they know by pressing this key, they'll get a response. Hallelujah. The married people, they understand the language I'm speaking. Be steadfast and movable. Tell somebody, be steadfast. Say, be unmovable. Hallelujah. And that is why you see, you must also be careful who you are listening to. Some of you listen to everybody. And by so doing, you listen to nobody. Yeah. If you listen to everybody, you end up listening to nobody. Choose wisely who you are listening to, who you are responding to. Because certain people may speak certain words into your life that you will never recover from. You know, what you are hearing affects you more than you think. So if we move the rubber. If I give this water to you, or let's say I pour this into a glass, and I give it to you, what would you do? You drink. If I poured it into a glass and I took this acid, drink, what would you do? Why wouldn't you drink it? That's not why you won't drink it. You are not drinking it because acid is harmful. Because I said it is acid, that's why you're not drinking it. Please it. It, it can even be the same thing. But just because I said it is acid, you were not there when I was pouring it. The words I have spoken has instantly changed your belief about what you thought it was. If I told you it is right, you will want it fast, but your brain will be expecting a certain taste only for you to be disappointed. That's why you have to be careful who is speaking to you and what you are listening to. The fact that I tell you all the time, the fact that somebody is speaking good English doesn't mean they are speak, saying the right thing. Number three. To be, to be a strong Christian is to become spiritual. To become spiritual. Tell somebody, become spiritual. First Corinthians 3.1 I'll do only four today. I wish I could do more. First Corinthians 3.1 and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as, as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, as unto babes in Christ. Pastor Michael, read it again for me, please. First Corinthians 3, 1. Yes, sir. And I, brethren, could Who not... Who is speaking? Who is I? Paul. Could yeah. not speak unto you as unto spiritual but as unto carnal even as unto babes in Christ hallelujah amen it says, I, I want to communicate to you but I can't communicate to you as spiritual people when you are communicating with spiritual people there's you don't have to talk much there are, there are things you just talk about and they know what you are talking about there are, there are Issues you just you just highlight lightly and they have caught what you are talking about. 
Hallelujah. Pastor Michael and I have a lot of Bible discussion all the time. You bring something up and we are dealing with it and I don't have to talk much. I said this one, look at it, X, Y, Z. Ah, I've got it. If you are speaking with babes, to take your time and explain everything. Sometimes you can tell whether somebody is a baby or a, or a carnal or a spiritual person by the kind of questions they ask. When this issue came up where they said, somebody said, all the prophets are mad. And all the prophets are... I'm just using just an example. All the prophets are... How many of you heard it? Then, some other people came to respond and said all, all the things. And then, some people said, ah, but when the first person spoke, he, he quoted scripture. You too, where's your scripture? Then I started laughing. I said, babies have spoken. Because whatever you are looking for from this world, or in this world, you can find a scripture for it. Let me give you an example. Assuming you have been contemplating committing suicide. You've been contemplating, you want to kill yourself. May God deliver anybody contemplating suicide. But assuming you are in that place, you are are contemplating. There's a portion in scripture that says, what you are thinking of, do it quickly. This is Jesus talking to Judas. And Jesus told Judas, the thing you are thinking of, do it quickly. In relation to what? His betrayal of him. Now, if a man who is thinking of committing suicide just opens the Bible and sees it there, what you are thinking of, do it. Do it quickly. And uses it as a buttress for his decision, would it be biblical? Talk to me. That must tell you that simply picking something from the Bible does not make it biblical. That is being spiritual. Understanding that the Bible is beyond just picking one word or one phrase or one line and running with it. No. Spiritual. People are too carnal. Carnal means you are too in the flesh. When you receive the coin, you say, hello, baby. Wake up from that. You are too carnal. I'm talking to somebody. <laughs> when they put their hand around your neck, you are melting. Wake up. You are too carnal. When you see a picture of fufu, fufu, then something is doing you. You are too carnal. Be spiritual. Bible says, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. There's life in being spiritual. Being a spiritual person. Being spiritual means that having the ability to discern that life is beyond what your eyes can see. And that it's beyond what your eyes can appreciate and can see. Hallelujah. Number four. To be a strong Christian is to be mature. To be mature. Ephesians 4.14. Ephesians 4.14. This is the last one for today. 
Ephesians 4.14. Also, please read. Ephesians 4.14. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness <coughs> whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Hallelujah. Amen. That we be no more children tossed to and fro. When you see a person tossed to and fro, he's a child or she's a child. When you see a person carried about with every wind of doctrine, they are, ch- they are, ch- they are children. Every new doctrine that comes, you jump on it. You meet those people. They tell those people their bags who go from house to house. They tell you something. You can't sleep. You are believed. You are immature in the things of God. They are not well grounded. To be a strong Christian is to be mature. Tell somebody, mature in Christ. Tell another, mature in Christ. You see, maturity in Christ has nothing to do with age. You can meet a man who is 50 years, who is still not mature in the things of God. But you can meet somebody who is 25, who is mature in the things of God. Because maturity in the kingdom goes beyond age. Hallelujah. It goes beyond age. How do you respond or react when you're angry? It will tell us how mature you are. There are people when they are angry, they will say anything and everything. Said, they say, that is how I am. Say everything. They are not mature. The people, everything they see, they will say. They are not mature. See, rules, like I always teach you, rules are parallel and are, have parallelity in every dimension and realm. You are not permitted to see everything you see in the world. You are also not permitted to see everything you see in the realm of the spirit. It's not everything you see, you see. I was ministering in a church, I've, I've told you before. I saw a woman, I picked it. I said, This is what the Lord says. The Lord showed me. I didn't tell but this is what the Lord showed. The Lord showed me the woman, a married woman, had gone behind the husband's back with a certain man. The Lord gave me the man's name. The Lord gave me the place and everything that happened, the day and everything. And I saw the woman and the husband was in church. And I saw her. If it were you, what would you? If I pick her and I tell her this is what I have seen, you know what's going to happen? Two things. Number one, people will clap and they will shout, Odi, Ashamko. Number two, the marriage is over. So I called her. Then I made them sing, not sink. Not start sinking. I made her stand here so that nobody can read my lips. So my back was facing the people. And I told her everything that the Lord showed. That she needs to go and repent. And reconnect with the husband. Otherwise, it will fight the marriage. Even if not today. In a few years time. 
When I told her, she was crying. Then she went to sit down. Now, if your husband asks you what happened, it's between you and your husband. <laughs> I wasn't there. <laughs> Amen. That is what you call maturity. There are lots, you can be gifted and still be immature. Hallelujah. You can be gifted and still be immature. You can be an eloquent preacher and still be immature. You know how? (laughs) Timothy says, don't make novices pastors. In other words, one of the qualifications for making somebody a pastor is that you, you must ensure that the person is mature. But people are in the habit of making novices pastors. So once you make a novice a pastor, you have put an immature person on a stage bigger than him. And they will start abusing that opportunity they have and they will start messing up. We are moved most of the time by giftings and operations than by maturity in the things of God. Maturity in the knowledge of God. Maturity in the character of God. So when we see a man who can see Hey, prophet. Everybody, we are hailing him. But we are not taking a a moment to question the maturity level of that person. Is that person mature? Has that person built character? Have they built character over time? Or they are tossed to and fro? I was teaching the pastors at, at Dunami Zone yesterday and I was telling them, I said, there are many pastors who don't know what they're about. I'm telling you that they don't know. They go and listen to somebody's tip. The person says, I went to hell. And I saw this. And I saw that. And I saw that. The next time they come to church, everything they heard on the tip is doctrine. Are you serious? Somebody said, I saw that women who have not put headgear, they were in hell. Say, you are lying. You didn't see shilling. Yeah. We are, we are moved by these things. Somebody will come on radio and say, I used to be a witch. And I did this. And I did that. And I did that. And everybody's listening. Like, everybody's listening. They have just planted the seed of fear in you. Because the person said, and we, ha- we killed somebody. They'll ask, so how did you kill this person? Oh, we used thunder. The next moment it starts raining, you hear thunder. So they, they are coming for you. Me, when I hear thunder, I say, wow, God is just showing the world his might and his power one more time. Because they have fed you something and made you, when you see that thing, you think you are coming to die. Tap somebody say, mature in Christ. Be mature. To be a strong Christian is to mature. Not everything you hear. Yeah. Somebody said the other day that the Lord is disappointed in his church. The Lord has given up on his church because there's too much sin in the church. And everybody says, tell them. Yes, tell them you are speaking the truth. It's a lie. The Lord is not disappointed in his church because of sin. Do you know how I know that? He loved us so much that whilst we were yet sinners, what did he do? The, the, the God demonstrated love. When did he do it? When we were in sin. So the man that died for us in sin now has decided that because of sin, he's disappointed. There's, it's not, it doesn't make any sense. Are you following me? Otherwise, if 
our sin would have disappointed him. I'm not, look, I'm not holding brief for sin. I just want you to understand that. Look at things from the perspective of scripture. And not by the sentiments and emotions of men. What are you talking about? Mind you, the Bible says the church is the body of Christ. So God is disappointed in Christ's body. <laughs> you see how it doesn't make sense? When you look at it from the lenses of scripture. But emotionally, it, it sounds good. It sounds like something that's, that should be the gospel. Mature in Christ. Then it says, who are carried away by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men. Slight means deceit, for craftiness. There's those of you who follow those magicians and those people. Um, those, what do they call them? Again, illusionists, that's a much better word. And they'll say, the card, and then the card is missing. Have you seen those things? They're holding the card, you don't know where the card passed. They use a, a trick they call the sleight of hand. Which means craftiness in deceit, or deceitful craftiness. They master the art. So they can be showing you in this direction, then the thing will get lost in that direction. And because you are too fixated on this one, you miss it. And that's exactly the concept used to deceive people. Just show them this. Let them keep going. Let them keep following it. Let them keep moving in that direction. Before they come to themselves, they have been deceived. One day in America, a certain man, what's his name, Cam? He said, um, they want to go to heaven. The Lord has spoken to them to go to heaven. Express access to heaven. So the only way that they locked everybody in the church, women, men, children, everybody, and they bent themselves. No, and they announced it. So they all knew that they were coming to church that day to have themselves bent and then they would go to heaven. And people believed. And they took their husbands, wives, children. In fact, they sold their properties and they set the church on fire. They were all inside. They say church. The fact that they have put cross on the building doesn't mean it's church. You see, that's what you need to understand. But people will believe it. Because it sounds eloquent. It sounds charismatic. Everything that sounds charismatic, people will jump on it. No matter the foolishness that comes out of your mouth, you'll get fans. Don't be fooled. Hallelujah. Do you hear what I say? No matter what comes out of your mouth, you get people to support you. It does not mean you are right. It's the same. People preach all manner of things, say all manner of things. They are not mature, but they equally have immature people clapping for them. Deep. Go deeper. They have moved. Lift up your right hand. You want to pray that the Lord gives us strength to grow in Him and become strong Christians. Please lift up. You are praying for yourself. You are praying for yourself. Please lift up your voice. Thank you for listening to the Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr., 
For more of these messages, please subscribe to his podcast and SoundCloud. It's Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. To interact with him, like his page on Facebook, follow him on Twitter at Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr.